Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 13th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I'm happy to take a, a step away from the crazy afternoon I had, or actually technically morning for me because it started at 10 a.m. in Las Vegas, um, of all of the Doesn't news coming always. out of the Warner Yeah, everything always kind of starts early in the morning in Vegas. Um, it the stays announcements surrounding Yes. Um, the announcements surrounding all of the changes happening at the Warner Brothers Discovery streaming services. So I've been writing and editing a bunch of articles about that if you want to read all about yeah. those details over at thestreamable.com. But... Do that, and then also give trans people your money, because we had a long conversation that we're not going to get to here, but, you know. Wasn't on on the air. Um, But there's a lot of stuff happening in the theater world, so I'm happy to dive into that. First, I I do want to mention that tonight, or as we're recording, Wednesday night, is the um, opening of Fat Ham on Broadway, the American Airlines Theater. I'd already mentioned yesterday that... Probably won't do a review recap episode just because of everything I have with my travel, but I might. You never know. It might pop up. And as you mentioned, this was one of your favorite shows of last year. Oh, I really God, enjoyed it. So great. I imagine these reviews will be just as good. I don't yeah. think the American Airlines, despite being a fairly uh, new and nice theater, I, I don't find it to be super cavernous. I think like it, no, it's not absolutely it's not. not intimate. Like it, it it does have a nice kind of like stadium seating but setup, it's but it, still- it's. Yeah, I think it still yeah. is intimate in that way, though. Um, I think the yeah. last thing I saw there was Birthday Candles, and that's a relatively small show. Um, yeah. And that still felt intimate, regardless of what you felt about the show. So I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the public is smaller by a lot, yes. you know, by law and by rule of off-Broadway versus Broadway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's an intimate enough show to start with and an intimate enough of a Broadway space. I, I obviously think it's going to do great. It's such a great show. Yeah, yeah it's 740 seats at the American Airlines. Not so bad. that'll be great. Lots of stuff that we will have all of those reviews tomorrow, and I'm sure that they will do very, very well. Um, also wanted to mention, I did have my conversation with Olivia Holt, who is currently starring as Roxy Hart in Chicago on Broadway nice. on Wednesday. So that'll be coming up in the feed in the next few days. She was just ecstatic and overwhelmed to be making her Broadway debut. And it's, it's funny because Yay. someone that so many people that we know from TV and, and film, like even if they've never done theater professionally, professionally, like most of them like fell in love with performing from theater. Oh, totally. Like, and we kind of forget yeah. that. And, and so it's nice to see somebody who still young. I mean, she's, I, I don't know. Oh, she mid twenties probably, um, but has had a long career. She started as a Disney Channel kid and has been working ever since. Has had like number one singles and stuff on different Billboard charts. Um, but it's still cool to like see somebody be just in awe of the fact that they're on Broadway. So it was a nice reminder of how special it is that we work in and around the theater industry. So if you want to hear that interview before you can hear it anywhere else, head over to patreoncom broadwayradio broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now we're going to start. Uh, today's show with a handful of news bits around the Tony Awards. The first one Shocking. is there's there's not a whole lot going on in this first n- news one. The second one is kind of interesting and kind of exciting. I'm very happy about this. The first one we will get into actually was announced after we recorded on Tuesday for Wednesday's episode. Yeah. And it is the latest edition of the eligibility announcements from the Tony Awards Administration Committee. This is the second uh, set of determinations, and it focuses on uh, Between Riverside and Crazy, Pictures from Home, A Doll's House, Parade, Bob Fosse's Dancing, Bad Cinderella, and Sweeney Todd. There's really nothing of note in here. Pretty much sure. most of the stuff. Yeah, it's, it's what you expect. Um, everything is pretty much going along 
with the opening night production credits. The only things that have changed in terms of actors are Stephen McKinley Henderson. He's going to be eligible for best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Obviously. Shocking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having seen Between Riverside and Crazy. But again, that just goes to how he is billed and credited in the opening night program. He's not above the title, so that has to be uh, adjusted. Same thing with Lenady Hanau, who is playing the titular Bad Cinderella. She is eligible for best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical. Again, not surprising. That is what you would expect from the title character of a show. Mm-hmm. Everything else is in line with the opening night credits. Then on Wednesday, we got another announcement that I think is not a surprise, um, but a little bit. Like, I, it's not, I, it's I'll a say nice surprise. It's not, yes, it's not a shock, but it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise yeah. because we don't often have one – women hosting the Tonys nearly as much as we we have men. And um, in recent years, we haven't had a back-to-back host like we had in the past with Neil Patrick Harris or or Hugh Jackman. Those have kind yeah, of, it's been, it's kind of been one and another. It's been a decade at this point. Has it really? My God. I don't know. Anyway, I lost track of time. Don't quote me on that because it could have been <laughs> like five years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, previous Tony Awards host, Tony nominee and Academy Award winner, Ariana DeBose is going to do the thing again this year <laughs> as the, thank you, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> she is going to be helming this year's ceremony coming to us in June. She was, I thought really good last year. Like, I, I, I don't know that she yeah, necessarily absolutely. had the, the vim and vigor of a NPH or Neil, or, um, or Hugh Jackman who had done it multiple times, but I thought she was really good and she was game for anything. And as we saw from the BAFTAs, she is willing to do just about anything for a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I imagine we good will get her. some sort of reference to that. Of course um, we will. Cause it's there. made a reference in every other thing she's Everything. done since and good for her. I mean, a lot yeah, of the absolutely. complaints about that BAFTA's performance was, uh, you know, big theater kid energy, which yes. obviously is not a problem at the Tonys. <laughs> no. Yeah. There were songs about like, I was that kid. So yeah. she is very much being that kid. Eternally that um, kid. Yeah, the Tony Awards will air on CBS and Paramount Plus on June 11th. They will come, not from Radio City Music Hall this year, as we previously discussed, but at the United Palace Theater in Manhattan's Washington Heights. I think this is, I, I really hope that somebody does some sort of, I, I don't know, like, live blog of somebody, you know, somebody who is in a show and their process on Tony Awards Day, especially if they have a performance yeah, absolutely. on the Sunday and have to go all the way and then change and do all that stuff. Or maybe most shows will rearrange their schedule so they don't have performances on June 11th. I, I don't know. I think Possible. it'll be interesting with getting everybody uptown uh, to do that. But uh, excited about that. Train. Very excited for Ari. Yes, don't take the A train. Absolutely um, don't take the A train. <laughs> I don't think it runs on weekends most days at this point anyway. As someone who you takes would know the A train, I, I was going to say, I can't tell you the last time I took an A train on the weekends because it's not running. So don't attempt it. Yeah. It's sad. Anyway, let's get it. into this week's or last week's Broadway grosses. There were some really interesting things, and I'm guessing this is still tied to some spring breaks, but two shows actually played nine performances. I think there was. One, maybe six last week that, that had done so as well. Uh, but mm. two, both Aladdin and Wicked 
makes sense for for tourist season who played nine performances they both saw very healthy increases wicked saw a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar increase and aladdin was just north of six hundred and eighty six thousand so very good weeks for both of them overall broadway was up with the addition of two shows which we will get to here in a second they are playing with 33 or 33 shows and the grosses came in at 38 million five hundred ninety four thousand fifty four dollars an increase of 12 percent over the previous frame attendance rose by four percent as well to come in at 280,760 butts in seats. Um, unsurprisingly, Phantom of the Opera, still number one on the grosses chart. I'll be interested to see if it inches up for its final week on Broadway, which I'm assuming it will, although it is doing like the lottery. I was going to say, I would think it would maybe be about the same based on ticket prices, but fewer seats available. I don't know. I'm not, well, the lottery, they're still charging people for lo- the lottery of the final performance and it's sure. not cheap. It's a hundred bucks, but I yeah. didn't know if maybe they would do some dynamic pricing in that last week and make the average ticket price in the other performances even higher. That's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah. So- yeah, so we'll wait and see. But Phantom of the Opera came in at $3,648,872. I really think if they wanted to, they could crack $4 million. Um, they could, they could yeah. crack $4 million if they wanted to, and they very well might. Who knows? Uh, but The Lion King came in second. That only did eight performances, though. It was at $2.98 million. Then it was Wicked at two point seven five with the nine performances, followed by Aladdin at two point one nine with nine performances. Hamilton rounded out the top five at just over $2 million. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are MJ, Funny Girl, Cursed Child, Mulan Ruse, Sweeney Todd, still with just seven performances, coming in at $1.79 million, which is awesome, and Juliet, Six, Parade, and Book of Mormon. Uh, Camelot was actually in the next spot. It did do a full eight previews last week, became in at $931,000. The Two shows that began performances um, last week were Summer 1976 and Goodnight Oscar. Interestingly enough, they were both pretty much in the same general range in terms of, of grosses. Summer 1976 did $274,971. Goodnight Oscar did $265,239. So separated by less than $10,000. The difference is Manhattan Theater Club's Summer 1976 did six performances. Mm-hmm. Goodnight Oscar did two. So extrapolating Goodnight Oscar's first two preview performances over an entire eight show week, which is obviously not always going to be the same because there was probably extra excitement for the first preview. Sure. But that would have grossed a million dollars, which is tough for a straight show. Now, granted, Sean Hayes yeah. is a star. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he is. I mean, maybe he is. He's done really well in Broadway shows previously, but like, I don't think of him as being like such a gargantuan bankable star that like nothing he touches Absolutely. Agreed with that. And also it's so so early, especially in terms of even marketing. Like I, I've seen some, but not like, it's not like shucked where it's everywhere and you would expect people to be flooding into the doors. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, surprised, but, but pleasantly so because I think this is a property that a lot of people will like. Um, Mm -hmm. speaking of shucked last week, of course it opened. So this has some sort of wiggle room because of comps and all of those things, but it only brought in 554,956 bucks. So essentially $555,000. I'm interested if the word of mouth and the reviews end up doing more for this show long term. I feel like this one has some legs to move because of it's, It's you know, it's funny. 
Yeah, it's yeah, but it's so weird. tricky. It's so weird. And, you know, even what I just said about the marketing and being everywhere and you would expect people to flood in there. I think people are to an extent, but they're still having to take a risk uh, regardless of reviews sure. on a show that they otherwise didn't know anything about until a week ago and really have no basis of what to expect other than what other people have said. And when, you know, you're spending a lot of money going to see a Broadway yeah. show, that's less appealing than knowing what you're getting into. Yeah. And even if it's not a, uh, a revival, people are comfortable going to see shows yeah. based on properties that they know. So that's kind of like totally the trick here. It's a new property based on something that nobody knows anything about other than the, the, tangential connections that it had to hee-haw at the beginning of its life a decade ago um but it'll be interesting i I think this is yeah it's very different uh distant from how this property was originally pitched but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few months and into the summer all right ashley this is where i feel like we can take a victory lap because when i need when this was thank you yeah when this was first announced uh not only did i say like this should happen but i said like i feel like there's a pretty decent chance of this happening now in fairness i thought maybe we would get a documentary like we did with spring awakening but nonetheless and we don't exactly know what the details are but in an interview with the observer lynn aarons confirmed that the recent reunion concert for ragtime featuring most of the original cast and with kelly o'hara stepping in from aaron Maisie, was filmed she said of course it was they filmed it so you'll get to see it thank goodness which is also the other thing like they could have just filmed it for like b-roll and the highlights they put out or for, for like archives. some sort of archive yep. yeah or whatever but she said you'll get to see it and then she said thank goodness i just Seriously. want the world to see it it was oh. magnificent Love magical that. i've never experienced anything like it it was like lightning in a bottle you know an explosion of joy no just give that. it to me just give it to yeah, me like absolutely. entertainment community fund slap, whatever you want to charge me for it i was just, just about to sla- slap any price you want on that's you know <laughs> understandable for people sitting at home or even in a theater. I don't know how they're intending to release it because it could very well be like a release, like a fathom, fathom events event kind of thing. thing. Exactly. Um, but you know, I'll pay the price. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't get to yeah, pay the price to, to see it in person. I will gladly shell out some money to see it at home or elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. No, no questions asked. Just tell me that how yep. much and I will be there. The, the when, the where, and the how much. Yep. Absolutely. All right. In other news, yesterday, Deadline reported exclusively that despite the fact that he is still in the middle of directing two movie musicals right now, the two parts of (laughs) Wicked, John M. Chu has already landed his next directing credit. And it is, again, based on a beloved musical Broadway and West End uh, as well. Of course, he has already done In the Heights, but he will now partner with his uh, return with his In the Heights producing partner, Scott Sanders, to develop and shoot a musical treatment of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat for Amazon Studios. Now, that, that does not necessarily mean that it will only live on Prime Video, as we saw with Air, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon's new movie. It debuted in theaters and is having a nice little run in movie theaters before it comes to Prime Video. So this one very well could get a theatrical release, probably around the holidays, I would guess, in some future year after Wicked. But John Chu is is directing it. This, of course, is the musical, perhaps the first one written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice together. I'm not sure... 
um, about how some of the other shows fell in. But this was written when they were in school and has gone on to be a very, right. very popular show around the world, highlighted at least for me and my generation by the Donny Osmond Toronto cast, sure. uh, where, yeah. which is where I first heard it. And then it was filmed for PBS or somewhere else. Or at least I saw it on PBS. So um, interesting. I think John M. Chu's kind of sensibilities work really well for Joseph. I like Joseph. You don't have to like it. Um, don't but worry. I think it, it plays won't. well. <laughs> it plays well to what he does uh, with kind of like the colors and the the yeah, it's the gonna be very of some of it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, good word too. Which yeah, I like it. I, I like this idea, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I like the idea in theory. What I will say is. I'm a little tentative to be seeing all of these large movie musicals being directed by the same person without seemingly really any conversation of giving other people a shot. I love John M. Chu, and I think his work has been so beautiful so far. Um, But the last Wicked movie comes out in, what, 2025? Is that correct? correct. Yes. So yeah. we will probably not see this till 26 or 27. That's a long period of time for one person to be essentially in charge of movie musicals. Yeah. Well, I also do wonder, though, would this be happening without him attached? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, don't I think know. Andrew Lloyd Webber can essentially make anything he wants happen, as we talked about before. Clearly. Um, That's why we have Bad but- Cinderella on Broadway. <laughs> But I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of honestly a little surprised that John M. Chu continues to wants to do musicals. Not that he, I don't think he would never do musicals again, but like one after the other after the other, like he's his first success. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Was crazy rich Asians. And there is a sequel to that in the works. Yep. So it's, it's not like he's completely abandoning non musical films, but like I thought he would just like some variety, you know, so, uh, but it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm all for it and I hope that it, it ends up being just as good as in the Heights and everything totally. else. And I will say that his involvement based on everything else that he's done so far means that we get likely an interesting and diverse cast that maybe we wouldn't get with other 100%. people. So that is point. absolutely a win. Speaking of interesting, diverse casts, uh, this one is interesting because we've talked about this. It also has the Amazon connection as well. We've talked about this before as it's had a little bit of a life in New York, but a musical based on the TV show Transparent, which originally debuted on Prime Video, will be making its stage debut at the Mark Taper Forum at the Center Theater Group in Los Angeles beginning on May 20th. It'll run through June 25th. And a transparent musical will star a number of really, really talented performers, including Daya Curley, Liz Larson, Sarah Stiles, who is so damn good. Oh, uh, yeah. She is so funny. Um, Peppermint was great. Yes, please. Uh, Natalie. Yes, Natalie Weiss is in there as well. Um, Adina Verson and, and some others. So, um, this is. I I meant never seen the show, but I think this is something that is 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 one you want to keep an eye on just because of the 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 track record that this property has had with the different people that have been involved mm-hmm. with it throughout its life, whether it was on TV or in the um in the workshop period to develop it as a musical, and then with this cast, uh, then Love this it. this this could be very interesting. Um, we will obviously know more 
uh, in a little over a month when it starts performances, but it does feature a book by MJ Kaufman and the series creator Joey Soloway. Oh, MJ Kaufman is so good. Yeah. Um, Faith Soloway wrote the score and Tina Landau is directing, which is always a win. And James Alsop is choreographing. The last little bit of news comes to us also from out of town. And this one actually comes from the Lyric Opera of Chicago. Yesterday, they announced the cast, which includes over 100 artists uh, for their upcoming production of West Side Story. It'll run June 2nd through the 25th. Leading the cast, making their lyric debuts will be Ryan McCartan and Kanisha Marie Fel- uh, Feliciano uh, as, of course, Tony and Maria. Ryan McCartan, one of my favorites. I think he is fantastic, whether it was mm-hmm. Frozen or Heathers or even the, the Rocky Horror thing that was on TV. Um, the Rocky Horror thing. Very- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's really what it was because it was a, yeah, a, it was very a thing. weird thing. Yep. Um, uh, Feliciano became the first, uh, Latin Christine Daae in the Broadway production of, uh, uh Phantom of the Opera. She mm-hmm. also made her Broadway debut in Flying Over Sunset last year, uh, or last season, two seasons ago at this point. So very excited about this. If you've ever seen a Lyric Opera of Chicago production, they used to like film them and make them available in places, but yeah. if not, they're really good. And uh, there was a really great, Carousel. I'm trying to think what year it was, maybe 15 or 16 with um, Stephen Pasquale and Laura Osnes. And it was really, really good. But what was nice about it was, is they, the Lyric Opera of Chicago broadcasts its shows on Chicago radio. So you can stream them via the, the website. I don't remember the name of the, of the radio station, but um, so that was floating around there. So I was able to get to hear it and it was really, really fantastic. But Love that. yeah, that was in 2015 for Carousel. Yeah, and it was great. They did a they did a whole they did the bench scene uh, in the video, so that's probably floating out there uh, as well. And it was it was really yep. really dynamite. All right, so real quick, feel good recommendations. I have two. The first is just because some of us are you know pop music stars of a certain generation, uh, pop music fans, not stars. Yeah, I was not pop a pop music, music star. star. Matt Tamanini. You have no idea. Um, <laughs> but we were fans of pop stars of a certain generation. Uh, earlier this week, platinum selling singer songwriter Jojo made her Broadway debut as Satine opposite Derek Klena, who's returned to the show in Moulin Rouge. We have that first curtain call, which is always, I love those things when people are making, oh, yeah. especially the Broadway love debuts, it. seeing all the emotions. I actually talked about with that, uh, talked about that with Olivia Holt in the interview that's coming up later this week. And then Kristen Chenoweth has a, uh, put out a little video from her number, The Worst Brats in Town from Schmigadoon, <laughs> in which she kind of plays a combination Miss Hannigan. I was going to say that Lovett. sounds very little girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, especially because when I first saw it, because I haven't seen the episode yet, I thought it was The Worst Brats in Town, <laughs> which again makes it much hey, more. Yeah. yeah. Makes it very much Mrs. Lovett. But it's a, it is very much a Mrs. Lovett style song the character seems to be yeah. a little bit more miss hannigan though so uh you can check that out in the show notes <laughs> all right that's all that we have for today thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt ashley where can people find you you can find me on instagram at no this is ashley all right everybody have a wonderful thursday and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow 